Down to eight seconds left. Smith penetrates. Misses initially. Came under the rim. And that's going to do it. A pivotal March win for Michigan State. The Spartans help their tournament resume with a 70-64 victory over Michigan. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Izzo and Sparty did a little bit more than help their resume over the weekend. This is a BetQL Daily and uh, BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps sports bettors of all types from the first time bettors to hardcore make more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. Now we welcome on to the show Mike Rutherford to talk some college hoops. He's on Twitter at Card Chronicle. He's the founder, manager of CardChronicle.com. Mike, man, we're really only six days away from Selection Sunday. How are you? I'm doing well. It, it is nuts thinking about <clears throat> this was the time of the year a year ago where the rug got pulled out from underneath all of us and we didn't get Selection Sunday. So it I know it's only been two years technically, but it feels like 15 since the last time we got to see the big bracket unveil and had all those juices falling. Mike, what were your uh, biggest takeaways from this weekend of college hoops? Obviously a crazy weekend. Yeah, I think you guys just played maybe the biggest one from, from yesterday, which was uh, Michigan State upsetting Michigan. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know that that 100% punched their ticket for the NCAA tournament, but it certainly feels like they're currently – on the right side of the bubble. And Tom is on Mr. March stuff. I, I guess not stopping anytime soon. Uh, it also yeah. been a pretty wild weekend for the, the lower conference tournament. Uh, a couple of number one seeds got knocked off. Navy got bounced in the Patriot League. Um, the bids that were punched were relatively, I, I think, straightforward so far. People expected Winthrop to get the job done. Uh, Liberty, same deal in the Atlantic Sun. Uh, but I, I think in the next couple of days with some of these, like the SoCon semis coming up tonight, the Summit League, I think you're going to see some, you know, three, four, five, six seeds earn their first bid. In the American East, we've got two teams that have never played in the NCAA tournament before uh, playing for the conference championship on Saturday in UMass, Lowell, and Hartford. So there's going to be a bunch of, I think, really good, feel-good stories over the next six days or so. Uh, Mike, speaking of feel-good stories, are we set up for another Loyola run? They are top 10 in Kempom, and opinions are all over the map on where they should be seated. The amount of times that you guys are going to hear, that everybody's going to hear, actually, I think this Loyola team is better than the Final Four team in 2018. It's astronomical. I mean, you can you can Twitter search it right now. It's going to be the thing <laughs> that everybody has. And it doesn't mean that it's the wrong one. I mean, this is a really, really good Loyola team. They put the clamps on Drake in the Missouri Valley uh, final yesterday, which is almost always a really competitive game. It wasn't all that competitive yesterday. I know Drake's a little bit banged up, but uh, still loyal. It's clearly the superior team. They still got Cameron Crutwick, who apparently is going to be, you know, the god of the Midwest from now until eternity. He just is yes. the Midwest favorite side. I think he's going to stay there forever. Uh, but he's still doing his thing in the paint there. Uh, Tate Hall's a really good player. Marquis Kennedy uh, is a fantastic guy as well. It, you know, March it comes down to draws more times than not. It comes down to a little bit of luck. But if this loyal team gets a couple of favorable matchups. They're absolutely capable of, of playing just as deep into the tournament as they did four years ago. Uh, Mike, Illinois won 11 of their last 12 games. They got back-to-back -back wins over top five teams, top 10 teams for the first time since 2005. Would you say that they are 
they could probably give they're, they're, they're probably have the best shot at beating Gonzaga or beating Baylor. Would you say that it's Illinois and then those two teams as as far as uh, legit title contenders this year? I think they're definitely in the, in the mix, and I was I was glad to see Iowa Sumo back on the court over the weekend and playing well. I, I there was a part of me that wondered, you know, when he was watching his team just beat the absolute breaks off of Michigan, if he was kind of like, you know, do they need me out there? <laughs> At some point, if you're Iowa Sumo, you're like, all right, guys, like slow it down just a little bit. I'm a national player of the year contender, so it's not right. making it look too bad. But he played uh, well in the win over Ohio State. They think about every box that you need to. And I do think, I'm not the first person to have this take, but having to play without Io in those three games here just late in the season could wind up being a really good thing for this team once they get to the NCAA tournament because um, you got Corbello some some experience, some confidence, and some, uh, I think, just a little bit of a mental boost knowing that if he has to be the guy, he can get the job done. Trent Frazier, a guy who was, you know, Illinois Alpha just a few years ago and has accepted a, a minor role, he kind of had to, to resume his old role and did so really well for the past uh, few games. And then now with Isle, he's got the best inside-outside tandem, arguably in the entire country, in him and Kofi Coburn. So, uh, I mean, there's not really a, 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 a glaring weakness for this Illinois team. So, yeah, I think they're absolutely right there in the mix of teams that win six games in this tournament. This is BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat, our guest, Mike Rutherford, at Card Chronicle on Twitter. Mike does a terrific job uh, covering Louisville, covering the ACC. So let's talk about your conference a little bit, Mike. Um, do you, With the tournament starting tomorrow on Tuesday, do you have a pick, and are there any sleepers you like in the conference overall? I mean, I think every team is, is sort of a sleeper this year because the conference is so bad. Let's not beat around the bush. It's, just, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's down. And every time it seems like a team is ready to step up and establish itself as, as kind of the class of the league and you know, maybe this is the team that's going to be a top three seed and can compete for a final four, they seem to lay an absolute egg. And this weekend it was Florida State's turn. Uh, all they had to do is beat a, a really down Notre Dame team that has next to nothing to play for. And they win the ACC regular season title. They probably lock down a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. And they play a woeful game and really get beat wire to wire by Notre Dame. Uh, open the door for Virginia, which uh, then beat Louisville. And they win the ACC title for what feels like the 25th straight year. Um, I just, it, it, it's like the league is hell bent on not having a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Every team seems to fall on its face uh, right when they have a little bit of momentum. So if we're talking about sleepers, I don't even know if they qualify at this point, but Georgia Tech, yeah, they've got the, the newly crowned player of the year. A lot of who's been around, another guy who's been around for 35 years. Um, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. They have, there was really no excuse for them to get off to the slow start they did, losing games to Mercer and Georgia State to start the season. They're too talented for that. They've kind of hit their stride a little bit over the past uh, few weeks. So I, I like them. I think they're the five seed in this tournament. I think they could definitely do some damage, maybe upset Virginia in the um, in what would be a semifinal game and play their way to Saturday night. Uh, if you're asking for a sleeper, it, I mean, it could be anybody in this league because everybody's not all that good, but they would be my pick right now. Micah, what are your thoughts on the SEC tournament? Uh, obviously, you know Alabama, the top team in the SEC, especially when they're hitting their shots. Who could give, the, give them their uh, best run? I want to see what Arkansas does in this tournament because they're a team that another one of those teams that's not on the top line for the NCAA tournament, but competing for maybe a two or a three seed. 
And every time it seems like they're really hitting their stride and the rest of the country is, is about to buy into them, um, they kind of have a, uh, a little bit of a surprise, a surprisingly dismal performance. But they're playing really well right now. I think that if they do win this tournament, they're going to be a really trendy Final Four pick. Eric Musselman um, obviously has experience playing with, with a low seed in the NCAA tournament, had that run with Nevada a couple of years ago, kind of underachieved. Uh, in 2019, and that team got bounced in the first round. But still, I think he is, for all the attention Nate Oates has gotten at Alabama, Musselman has done, I mean, almost an equally stellar job at Arkansas getting that program turned around. And it is, it's wild to think about how dominant Arkansas was in the 90s and then look at them now and see this as a program that has not been to a Sweet 16 since 1996. Uh, that's way too long for the amount of. Support they receive from their fan base and from the amount of resources that Arkansas puts into basketball. So I like this team a lot. Um, I think they can win that that SEC tournament. But watch out, Kentucky fans are already talking themselves into this team being able to make a run if they beat Alabama in that quarterfinal matchup on what would be Friday. Um, you know they've already beaten Florida, they've already beaten Tennessee. They could beat one of those teams in the semifinal. That's somebody to keep an eye on too. They played well over the weekend against South Carolina. Mike, of the conferences we haven't hit on, Big Ten, Big 12, uh, Pac-12, are, are there any teams that you you have in the back of your mind or maybe you even earmarked, okay, I, I think this team is going to surprise some people and win the conference tournament? Um, I, in the Pac-12, I, I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to go with who could surprise teams in the NCAA tournament. I think anybody coming out of the Pac-12 and winning a couple of games would probably surprise people. USC is faded towards the end of the season. I still think they have a guy in Evan Mobley who could be one of those March stars. He's going to be uh, a top three pick in the NBA draft in all likelihood. Um, I would not be shocked at all if they won that conference tournament and knocked off Oregon in the finals. I really like, and I think I I told you guys this last time, and it's kind of, uh, I think more people have jumped on the bandwagon since. I really like Oklahoma State right now. I, I like the way that they've been playing. It's not just Cade Cunningham. I know they've had a couple of injuries as well. But some other guys have really stepped up in recent weeks. And they've played, even when they haven't won, they've been playing everybody really, really tough. Um, all those teams in the middle of the Big 12, you feel like one of them, any one of them, if they get the right draw, and again, a couple of breaks, could make a deep run. But out of that group of like Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, which all seem to be kind of the same, I like the Cowboys the most. I think Mike Boynton is a really good coach who is one big run away, one big month away from getting the national respect that he deserves. And uh, Kate Cunningham, like Evan Mobley, could kind of start the you know the process of, of being that professional star this month. Uh, he's obviously going to be, I think, probably the number one pick in the NBA draft. And having mm-hmm. a couple of gigantic performances on college basketball's biggest stage could really help the process of starting that, that, that branding deal that he's going to have at the professional level. Mike, we got 11 games on tap tonight, some mid-major uh, conference tournament action. Obviously, ACC tournament begins tomorrow, but anything on tonight's card that you like in any of these games? I'm excited to see. I, I think the, the West Coast semifinals are always a lot of fun. If you, haven't, if you have a, a sleeping disorder and you're going to be up anyway, I would <laughs> recommend watching Pepperdine BYU, which is going to tip off, uh, I think, about midnight on ESPN2, just because it may be the last chance we get to see uh, Pepperdine's Colby Ross, who's one of the most electric scorers in the entire country. He's an absolute joy to watch play. And against a BYU team that's going to get up and down and take a bunch of shots, I think you're going to see Ross fully in his element. That's going to be a, a really um, – I'm curious to see the, the Summit League semifinals tonight. South Dakota 
is one of those teams has never qualified for the NCAA tournament. This might be their best shot. They're going to play North Dakota State at 10 o'clock. Um, the CAA semifinals, Drexel Northeastern, I think could be a fun game too. They both like to get up and down. And then App State is kind of the, they've been a Cinderella story in the Sun Belt, which was one of the most open conferences in the entire country going into the postseason. Uh, they knocked off Coastal Carolina, upset them in overtime last night. They uh, had a losing record in conference play, uh, but if they beat Georgia State tonight, they're going to the NCAA tournament. The beauty of March, you can save an entire season in one three-day span. Mm-hmm. Another minute with Mike Rutherford, cardchronicle.com. Uh, Mike, th- this week especially, a lot of us, okay, let's check out projection over here. What about this guy? What's, what's he saying? Uh, what's this website saying about uh, what we're going to see when it all goes down on Sunday from the committee? Are there any teams that you just flat out disagree with, with the consensus right now? Maybe they're too high or too low. Uh, you don't get, you just don't understand why they're being uh, slotted in at specific seeds right now. I'm a little surprised that, you know, and like you said, when you look at the bracket matrix and you look at some of the uh, brackets that are across the country, you don't know exactly who's the most accurate. You don't know exactly if they have any sort of feel for how the committee actually thinks. I have been surprised to see Xavier solidly into the field of 68 in a lot of these brackets still right now. Um, they've won two games since the start of February. They've lost to some of the worst teams in the Big East. They have a losing record overall in the Big East. The two most recent games were losses to Georgetown and Marquette, two of the worst teams in that conference. They lost to Providence uh, a couple of weeks ago. They are playing horrible basketball right now. I think Travis Hill is a really good coach. I think that program is fine in the long term. But there's nothing – I know the computer rankings seem to like them a little bit, but there's nothing on paper right now that says Xavier is one of the best 68 teams in the country right now, uh, let alone one of the best what, 34 uh, at-large candidates. I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that so many bracketologists seem to still have them comfortably in the field of 68. Mike Rutherford, at Card Chronicle on Twitter, founder, manager, cardchronicle.com. Mike, next time we talk – The brackets are going to be all set, and uh, we'll talk about our picks, which will go horrible on Friday. I can't wait, though. It's going to be a whole (laughs) lot of fun. Uh, Good stuff there from Mike Rutherford. Uh, Horvat, so you you see what happened there. I mean, it's you, it's Eli, it's Mike. Now I have to bet Georgia Tech at 25-1 to to win the ACC. I mean, that's the conference he covers every day. Right, right. Yeah, I think that that's the best value pick right there in – yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's most likely going to end up being Virginia or Florida State, but why not take a shot with Georgia it's, Tech? Man, one of the hottest teams in the country right now, Joe. It's twenty-five to one. It's you know that going. It, it, there's no lock. I mean, hey, in my head, I had Zach Levine winning at five to one the the three-point contest, and he was knocked out in the first round. That's what this is. I will say I'd probably get it today because these, I mean, everything's going to be moving around so much. Like yesterday, yeah. I wanted to play a Memphis, and I think they were like plus 650 in the AAC. Now today, plus 450, just for giving Houston a run for their money in a game that they should have won yesterday. So there's a lot of good value with these conference tournaments, man. But, um, man, I'm going to take a deep dive today as, as more lines are released, obviously. That's a good call to act quickly, especially if we're talking about Georgia Tech. Again, who knows what happens there. But you look around, and it, and the odds are cut in half compared right. to certain books. So, again, shop around, and if you, you see a number you like, I pounce right now because the market will start to hammer it.